Well, hey friends, welcome back to the dinner table. I have some fun and amazing guests with me tonight. Tonight I have Kelly Hughes and Echo Canales. Thanks for being here, girls. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Oh, so nice. And the greatest part about the whole deal was they cooked for me. And I don't normally start by talking about the food, but holy hell, we just dug into some strawberry AIP dessert that you made for us. And oh yeah, yeah, it was so good. So we're going to start out at the beginning of this show right now, and we're going to talk about the last thing we ate at the dinner table, and that was this dessert. Tell me what you made. So I made a strawberry mousse, and you know, I started, when we talked about doing dinner here, I started reading about kind of like what your diet consists of and what mm -hmm. you can and can't have, and there are a lot of like restrictions and things, and yeah. um, I found a strawberry mousse, which just, it was a recipe for it, and it looked delicious, and it was really easy, and it just basically had fresh strawberries, dry, dry uh, freeze-dried strawberries, bananas, avocados, a little bit of maple syrup for sweetener, a little bit of vanilla, and um, some coconut oil, and you just literally blend them all together, and then you chill it for an hour, and it was amazing. It actually came out really delicious. <laughs> so it kind of sounds simple, like anybody, I could make it for myself. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. it took five minutes. Literally, you just take okay. those ingredients, put them in in a I put them in the blender it's at a processor so yeah. I just put them in my blender blended them up and then put them in some little uh, like um ramekins ramekins there mm -hmm. you go I put them in ramekins and then chilled them wrapped them up in plastic and chilled them for an hour so mm -hmm. I see echo over there having one little nibble they're so good and you guys I'm not having desserts and things like that so that was a really nice treat to to get that brought out so thank you for bringing that extra special treat. Uh, hopefully you'll share the recipes with uh, with us tonight that you used, and I'll put them up on the show notes so that everybody can check that out. Yeah, of course. I'll uh, share everything. So one of the other things that has happened with my AIP diet is that I have recently reintroduced eggs, which I'd said I was probably going to. So now I've been, I've been making myself, I take pancetta, garlic, onion, um, and I fry that up. And then I put a little bit of whatever greens I have, spinach, arugula, some stuff like that. And then I'm putting my eggs in on top of it. And I've done that for like three or four days in a row, kind of like my, I usually have a smoothie in the morning and I used to do intermittent fasting. And then whenever I had to switch over to this diet and I really needed a lot more calories and a lot more nutrients, yeah. um, I needed to eat more. So I go with a smoothie in the morning and then I go with some kind of a late lunch. And so that's basically been my brunch option. And I've been eating that and putting the eggs on it. And I don't, I'm not having any problems. Like I haven't noticed anything major. The things I would be most looking for at the beginning are, um, some kind of like major heartburn or a change in my bowel or like an immediate change of like bowel, you know, and everything's I mean. been good. Yeah. So far I've had a little bit of headaches. However, I also can't ignore the fact that they're doing the cover crop spraying right now and not cover crop spraying, but the, um, where they have the dusters, the mm -hmm. crop dusting spraying, they're doing that right now. And that always gives me headaches whenever they're, they're doing that. So, um, our farm is in the middle of cotton and sorghum fields all around us, cornfields and all of it. And there's um, some crop testers around. So right. it's possible that that's so the way that it works with reintroduction and you were asking me about that a little bit, the way that it works is so I did 90 full days of elimination and eliminate everything. And all the guests at the dinner table have been listening to me talk about this for several weeks now. And now I'm to the phase of doing reintroduction. And so that's so, slowly. So wait, so you literally, so from 
from the list that I read about like things that you can and can't have, all the foods that you're allowed to have, that's what you ate for 90 days and you literally cut out all the bad stuff? Everything. For 90 uh, days. For 90 days. Okay. And yes. now, so you take each ingredient, each yes. separate ingredient and you give yourself, you take it for a time limit yep. and see how your body reacts or, yep. okay, cool. Yep. And then if it, obviously if there's no issues, then you can have that back in your diet. Yep, exactly. So that's a lot. That's a long process. It's going to take a long process and I have to pick and choose. I mean, the naturopath gave me a specific list and said, okay, try introducing this first and you know, these kinds of things. Um, but one of the things that I just, I wanted to reintroduce, I accidentally reintroduced curry. And so I just kind of stuck with that just to see what would happen. And I haven't noticed any changes with that, but curry is a seed and we ground, you ground the curry seed to make curry. And so, um, I just had forgotten about it when I ate something with curry in it. And so I've just been sticking with that. And I actually made, um, chicken salad with some curry. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but I made some chicken salad with the curry. So my two introductions have been egg and curry right now, and I'm going to take those for a couple of weeks and then we'll go from there. So it'll be like, what's the next thing I really want to try? And I think it's green beans. Yum. I yeah. could not go without green. You're, that's like serious discipline that you're doing right now because yeah. like even just the foods that I read about, like not being able to eat seeds. I'm like, I, I was like pepper, like black pepper. I love black pepper I on my too. food. And even just not even be able to season like basic yes. seasonings and stuff. That yeah. is like a huge discipline. Yeah. But I guess the good side of that is like when you find that what you can and can't eat and you start to feel 100% better yes. and your whole life changes, yes. then it makes it worth it. But that's, that's a huge yeah. task that you've taken on. Good for you. Yeah. And it actually has been extremely empowering in so many ways. And then I also just, I feel, well, I was telling you guys that when I, when someone starts talking to me about it, they're like, oh, you're going to have to do without so much. And when you first go into the diet, you go, oh my God, what am I ever going to actually be able to eat? Right. Well, you won't be eating out. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> I'm not eating out, which in a, be, during the breakup time with dealing with budgets and stuff like that, it's been a benefit because a, I don't want to just run out and eat and because I don't want to go run out and eat by myself, but also I'm on a budget. Also, in terms of someone asking me to go out to eat, it's really easy for me to say, no, thank you. I don't go out to eat, um, but I'd love to go have a cup of coffee with you. Or actually, I'm not drinking coffee either, but go, <laughs> we can I have can a go cup have of tea. the local water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can drink some bubble water. It's what I did that the other day. I went and had some bubble water with somebody. So it's actually been a huge benefit to me, and I've really appreciated it. But one of the things I've learned that's been best about it all is that there's delicious food, like this dessert that you made. There's delicious food. Um, I want to tell people all the time about the no tomato sauce because you can't eat nightshades. So tomato sauce, spaghetti sauce, or baking uh, spaghetti. Yes, killer. you know, I can't eat that. What right? is no tomato sauce? Because I literally just heard about it for the first time, but I had no idea what it was. Yes, this is one you're going to want to know about. It's, um, it is a red sauce that you make that is in place of regular tomato sauce or spaghetti sauce. And it's a meat based sauce, okay. but, um, you use beets in it to make the color. Right. And then you use carrots and garlic and onion. Fortunately, we can use a lot of garlic, garlic and onion. That's not one of the things that's cut out. So, so it's just the series of veggies that yes. make that sauce minus the tomatoes. Obviously. Exactly. So exactly. I, I can totally get behind that. So yeah. I love my veggies. So. And it's good. It's really good flavor. It's, it's one of those things that I was just been so surprised. And so it takes the replacement and makes it to where I actually can have delicious spaghetti and feel good about it. You right. know, um, I was telling you guys about how I eat this bowl of yogurt with strawberries and berries and bananas. And then I put crunchy apples or crunchy toasted coconuts. 
that is a, I mean, it's sweet and it's delicious. And so if you don't feel, I think the biggest thing is if you feel like you're deprived from things, like you're on a diet, I've never felt like I was on a diet. Right. I felt like I was taking care of my health, like treating food like it was my actual medicine. Well, I mean, it's moderation. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, just from what I was reading about your thing is that, you know, like we, how did I sweeten that? I sweetened it with vanilla and maple syrup, which mm-hmm. those are things that you could actually have in your diet. So yeah. that, I mean, that's still something sweet that you can use. Yep. And you like, I think it's just a matter of learning how to yep. replace the things that you've normally used for those yep. items, you know what I mean? And just learning how to work around. And, but I mean, it, it definitely takes a little bit of experience with food, I think, because you have yeah. to know like, well, this is what I can do with this. And yep. I, you know, like, I knew that you could mix bananas and avocados and fruit together and you would still get something nice and creamy and sweet. You know what I mean? And, you know, I make a smoothie at home that my daughter loves. And at first I didn't tell her it had avocados in it because she would be like, really? I don't don't want it. And then I'm, you know, I give it to her and she's like, oh my God, this is so good. What's Uh in it? And I'm like, it's got avocado in it. And so now (laughs) she's like, I want the avocado, but you know, sometimes you just have to like learn and know what, what, what does what with what. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge part about like helping people out with these diets and me wanting to help people out and wanting to help with some food planning or some, some meal planning. And how do you get these delicious flavors into you? And I think the benefit for me has been, I've been on this strange food diet journey for 20 years. I mean, I'd already cut out the types of meat. I'd already been, um, cutting out types of sugar. I'd already made like big changes. I already knew which grocery stores to go to, to find things. And the, the, the hardest part is in the beginning, when you first start having that transition, like the nomato sauce has, it's kind of sweet because of the beet, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell you that honestly, before this began, I didn't really like beets and carrots that much. Right. Now I'm so thankful for beets and carrots because they give you that sweet flavor that you're looking for. Right. And so it's just like the flavor profile of things, but you've got to be able to like, I'd like to be able to take and next to more people, like take some of these dishes and feed them to people that are not, this dessert is a good example. You know, yeah. it's like, let's give that to people who are not on a special diet and who do not, whose flavor profile is not conditioned to super, super, super uh, processed sugars. Right. And see whether they'll actually like it. Well, I the mean, flavor is good to them. For what we do, like when we cook dinners and stuff for guests and stuff, we have people that are like, hey, like we want a dessert. What's something like that we would all like that's not super sweet and not super rich and that is fresh. And, yeah. you know, this would be something great for that. So. And can meet all different kinds of diets. That's yeah. a thing when you're cooking for a, a variety of people as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. We constantly get requests for different dietary restrictions. And mm-hmm. I know that when I used to cook at the stadium that as well, I cooked for the players. And so the players players were like, yeah. one, one does, one's a vegan, one's a pescatarian, one's this, one's that, one doesn't have this, you know? And so we were having to make one meal cater to like six different taste and dietary restrictions. And so yeah. it's learning how to like use different things for what you're needing at the moment. And I expect that there's going to be a lot more of that. I'm, I'm actually finding that the more I do this and the more, and I have quite a few chef friends like you guys, and, um, I'm finding that they're really, everyone's really interested to know more about it. And when I go in and ask, especially if I don't go in at the busiest time of the day, but I go in and ask them to make a special meal for me, explain to them what I can and have. They're, they're excited to do it. They're very happy to accommodate me. And even on the trip to Louisiana that we took where I would go into, I mean, we were, I had to eat out some, you know, we took some of our food with us, but I had to eat out some, I would just go in and say, okay, look, I'm going to be challenging. And I would give them, I ha- I actually made a sheet of paper that was like a short list that I would hand to the chef. And they were like, they'd come out and talk to me and they were 
they were actually excited to be able to help me and to feel like they could serve me at clean food that I could eat and it wouldn't make me sick, you know? And the, you sometimes I think people get nervous to ask questions, like ask for what they need. Um, I think that because a lot of the time, the reaction that you get is that it, you're too much work, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's how they make you feel when you're out and about, like that's too much. Like we don't, you can't right. make substitutions and changes like that. But believe it or not, like as a chef coming from, like I've worked in restaurants, when you get a chance to make something special for someone because that's the way they have to eat, yeah. then like you're, you're stoked about it. And not only that, you get to make something different and you get to be creative and create something. Yeah. Like if you're just giving them, here's a list of things that I can eat, make what you can, you know what I yes. mean? Like we love stuff like that. Yes. I mean, as long as it's not at, you know, 1130, exactly. 1130 at lunchtime <laughs> yeah. and you know, the whole restaurant is yeah. full, then obviously, you know, yeah. but any other time, like we're thrilled to be able to change it up and do something different for somebody and have yeah. them be so grateful and like excited about it. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask is what I'm hearing. Um, of course, I didn't say this before, but I want to say it now and I'll say it again. But um, the name of y'all's business is Salty Sea Kitchen. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about your business, but I want to add that in here up at the beginning. Mondays at the Farm, I've been having those um, now since January and they're going really, really well. But this last week was so much fun. I hope you guys will come out on a Monday, some Monday. I think you'll like it. Well, I know when we picked up flowers that day, you were like, come out. And then I saw your pictures and it was all yeah. these kids yes. and everybody looked like there were picnics going on and it yes. looked so fun. Like yes. I was like, we have to come out and do this and bring our kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so the, a couple of moms had been coming out already and they came and they bring little littles and super chill with their littles. That was one of the things I told them. I was like, Y'all are the perfect kind of moms to do a farm day hangout because they're not worried about their kids getting dirt. They're not worried about their, I mean, I, I pulled a tiny little squash for the baby and it was like his third food that he's like gnawing on. He doesn't have any teeth, <laughs> but he's like gnawing on the squash and the mom is super excited about it. And then she's, you know, over there nursing her baby. No big deal. Like right. the, the kid is like digging his hands in the dirt and like putting dirt in his mouth. And the other kiddo is like toddling around and chasing the dog. And, you know, they're, they're being easygoing about it. And so we just had this nice group. Um, so other friends, adult friends that came out, we dug the potatoes. We, we got some actual soil therapy. Like we got our hands in the dirt. So I'm always looking to try to find just really simple things for us to do because mostly what I want us to do is just be able to hang out. And I want there, I want people to feel free to, that there's a space of like wellness going on out here. That's really important to me. So Echo, bring your kiddos out and y'all come out on a Monday. Absolutely. I love soil therapy. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. So um, when we, go, when we gardened at home, she helped me set up my little guard herb garden and stuff. And she's yeah. like her t-shirt, her tie-dye t-shirt, no uh -huh. shoes on, little shorts. Like she's all free little hippie in the dirt yeah. over here. Like yeah. she's definitely about soil therapy. I definitely feel like very at home when I'm like knee deep in some soil for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's what I want. And I, the first time you guys came out here and it's actually not the first time you came out, but the first time the, the both of you came out and, um, Echo jumps out of the car and just like you, you like shocked me with like how much I liked you the second I like saw you. <laughs> and took like, your shoes off, right? <laughs> yeah. Like come in and um, y'all came out to buy edible flowers. You were doing a, um, uh, an event. You've, you've reached out to me for edible flowers before. But you came out for edible flowers for the, the art museum. Art museum. Yeah, they had an event there where they were doing um, a new showing and they were doing for their, um, I guess it was um, a certain group of their patrons there that mm -hmm. they did a bunch of really nice appetizers for. And so mm -hmm. I did some spring rolls with some fresh flowers in them 
So nice. just, I, I just felt like with the art museum, it needed to be something really pretty and showy. And I love your flowers. You have literally the best edible flowers in town. And so they worked out amazing. They were so delicious. Those they spring were? rolls came out perfect. I'm the so the flowers were so sweet and delicate and just really delicious. That makes me feel really good. Yeah. So if you're other people looking for fresh um, edible flowers, I do have those um, and I can bring them to you or I'm, I'm always so grateful when people come out to get them from me like you guys did too. And just keep spreading that word about that. We don't have any unanswered questions this week, but I did end up making some chicken salad and I used the curry. I mentioned that earlier and I used a curry again this chicken salad was a little bit different than we had made chicken salad before because before we had made it with avocado um, as the creamy base of it. Because if you think about it, you're making chicken salad, it's not that big of a deal, right? But you have to be able to come up with whatever is the creaminess of it. And um, uh, coconut oil can be a creamy, but you still want something. So the coconut yogurt is what it suggested that I do this time. And I used farm fresh celery. I mentioned to you guys that the celery was is the best tasting celery I've ever had here growing on the farm. And I actually have a pink celery that I grow, so it's pretty. I want some you, of that. It's very well, I don't have any more right now because we're at the end of that season, but oh, okay. I'm gonna make sure I grow some more celery next year and I'll okay. definitely let you know. It's really pretty. And then um a red onion from here too. So you, the little pops of red. I added a little bit of apple into this one as well. And um okay, and so then I took like I noticed tonight when you were making the um, the dressing, you took one of the little bowls. And so that's how I did it. I took the little bowl and I put the coconut yogurt in there. I put a little bit of, I think lime juice in there. I put some garlic in there Yum. and then I put, um, turmeric curry. I think that was, Oh, maybe some onion salt too, or not onion salt, onion powder. And I whipped it up and then that's what I used to make my chicken salad. And, um, I also added some greens into my chicken salad as well. I was curious when you make a chicken salad, like what are your, what are your basics? What do you normally do for a chicken salad? I'm weird. I don't, honestly, I don't make a lot of chicken salad. I'm a tuna salad kind of person. Oh, interesting. Because I make it really weird. I put tuna salad and I do capers and uh -huh. um, green olives and yeah. pepperoncinis and some may a little bit of mayo with some salt and pepper. And it's real like savory, spicy, sour, and it's really good. And I put it and I do like a tuna, like a tuna melt. That sounds really good. Like I may have to try that. I've, I, yeah, I've made that for other people and they're like, I've never had tuna salad like this before with any of this before. They're used to like dill relish in it and like all these things. And I'm like, oh no, I'm totally all about the green sour stuff. And yeah. And the capers. I like that. You know, those um, nasturtiums, the little circles, peppery flavored um, leaves that we were in the salad about. tonight. Those yeah, so the ones good. we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I always tell people, because I'm always trying to say, like, how do we make something on our property here in South Texas? How do we grow something here that is comparable to something we're used to buying? Like, I don't know that we can grow. I'm not saying we can't grow capers here. I actually haven't tried that. But the nasturtium makes these tiny little seed pods that have this peppery flavor. And all you have to do is pickle them. Right. And so then you've got capers basically, and they're like peppery flavored capers. And oh, I think that you would love that. That would so be awesome. If I ever get a bunch of, um, a good bunch of seeds. And I think this, this year I've grown a lot of the nasturtium and they reseed themselves really well. So if that, I get the capers going really good, or if I get a lot of those going, I'm going to I'll let you know. I'll yeah. collect some for you. I do. Uh, one of the appetizers I do is um, a seared scallop. And we could, I do that with a lemon caper, a white wine lemon caper sauce. And that would be really good to put those in it and give that nice peppery feel to it with the white wine and the butter. Yeah. 
That awesome. sounds good. That sounds good. Tonight's meal. First of all, I started just saying to the world, okay, I'm having guests at the dinner table and I, anybody that wants to come out after talking to you guys, I just thought, you know, I think they would be really great. I got to be a little bit anxious about it. I, I know was you like, seemed a little stressed about the meal. <laughs> You're like, okay, look, we got to figure this meal out. Like, I let's think it was this. because it was y'all and I felt <laughs> like I needed to like, I just don't have enough experience and I'm so new at cooking and I just, I wanted it to be, I don't know. I just, you're, 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 you're chefs. You're good at this. You do this. And I wanted it to be really, you know, and so I kind of passed the buck <laughs> off and said like, okay, but I also, if I was going to ask you to like actually cook, I wanted to know like what all ingredients do I need to have? Right. And you ended up coming up with a great list of stuff. I told you that I would have like some salad mix and you'd been talking about a salad that you had tried and said, okay, I want to, I want to do the salad for you. So tell us a little bit about the salad mixture. We went, we went one night, Echo and I went to a prime steakhouse and I had their pork belly. I just wanted something light. So it was on their appetizer list. It was pork belly and it was so good, but it came with this garnish of just this tiny little salad that the pork laid on. It was literally fresh mint, fresh cilantro, fresh basil, and then just a spring mix of, of sorts. And then it had just this herb lemon um, dressing on it. And it was amazing. It was mm -hmm. so just the way just those herbs just kind of pulled in with it yeah. and with the lettuce and it had nothing in it, no other vegetables or anything else. It was literally just greens. And I was like obsessed. I ate the whole plate and loved it. And all I could think about was that salad. And so the next day I was at the store and I was like, I'm going to figure out how to make this salad. Uh -huh. And so we've been having it like every night this week, working on new trying to figure out new dressings and things to go with it. Uh -huh. And um, I just like, it's weird. Like I go through these transitions with food where, you know, some days like I just want pasta all week. And then some days yeah. I want like red meat all week while I'm in this phase right now where I've literally just been craving green, green yeah. vegetables, green leaves, green this. And so it's salad and salad and broccolini and, you know, all these roasted vegetables and everything. And so that's really what we've been doing all week. But I was, I thought like, it'd be really fun. Cause you said you had some, some lettuce out here and some cilantro and stuff. So yeah. I was like, let's make this cool little salad yeah yeah the um the dressing or you know was really good tonight that was probably my favorite one that you've done this week Something I think about it thank you I, I don't know if it was exactly like the one that was there but I like how it's pulled together it's been really nice yeah it's had a great flavor so that was really easy the salad's coming she's bringing all the stuff I'm adding my parts into that and then um, we went back and forth about meat and I was like, I, and that's part of the deal when I'm reaching out to people. It's like, okay, do I need to buy some meat at the farmer's market? Just because I don't keep a lot of meat in the freezer here right now. So it's, and you're like, okay, I'm going to take care of this. You went to natural grocers and bought, um, the quarters from natural grocers. I, I uh, bought the chicken thighs, the skin on yeah. bon, bone in skin on uh, chicken thighs, because when you make a cilantro lime chicken, like part of the greatest thing about it is searing that skin and mm -hmm. getting this beautiful golden brown skin on it. And not only that, I marinated it um, in fresh lime juice with a little bit of salt um, early in the day. I did that first thing this morning and I had it marinating all day. So it literally, and I just, I alternate it. I flip it up and down the bag over and over and just okay. keep tossing it. So it keeps absorbing in. And so when you go to sear it at night, I put uh, chopped cilantro on it and then I sear it and it gets this beautiful golden brown skin that like crisp up really nicely. And that meat is so tender from the, the acidity. 
and uh, it, it's limey and gorgeous. And yeah. usually what I would do is I would put some olive oil in with the marinade. I would put some red chili pepper flake if you want to give it a little mm -hmm. spice. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't sure kind of, I knew even your yep, spices the peppers, were a little. I can't do yeah, right so, now, the nightshades. Right. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to go that route, but it still came out amazing. And, yeah. and I'm all about flavor and seasoning. Like I'm big, bold flavors. Like I don't like mild, timid stuff. I love mm -hmm. big, bold flavors. And so for me, something really limey like that is just mm -hmm. spot on. Okay. So tell me exactly how you cooked it because I want to be able to do that same style. Literally, I, I just, I took the boneless, skinless ch chicken thighs and I had them marinating all day and I literally put olive oil in the pan. I got that pan roaring hot where it literally is almost smoking. And then I put them skin side down first and you let them just uh -huh. sit there and you don't want too much moisture in the pan because it will steam them and you want it to like crisp up and get really nice and crispy on top. And then you flip it over and you let it cook, just brown just a little bit, and then you finish it in the oven. So 90% of the meats that I cook, I may sear them for color and crispiness on the stove. Mm -hmm. I finish all my meats in the oven because you can get them to a perfect temp and they still come out really amazingly juicy. Okay. So how long? Is there time on that? I mean, like how long do you do it? I probably seared the chicken on top for about 10 minutes mm -hmm. and then moved it into the oven until a temperature of 165. 165. Which, right. Which yeah. for me, you know, I don't, I don't base things on time in an oven. I look at it as your oven may be different than my oven. And, uh -huh. you know, I cook in all different kinds of ovens. So I go off a of temperature. I still temp all my meats and I go 165. So whether that takes eight minutes in your oven or 30 minutes in my oven, get to 165. That's 165. Yeah. That's the important part. Yes. So you were like, I still pull out my thermometer and use my <laughs> thermometer. And so I saw her pull out her thermometer and um, I appreciated that as well. And then you did that simple, simple, let's just cut up some squash and cook it. And, but of all the squash cooking I've done in the last few weeks, cause that's, I have so much squash that I, you made the best squash that I've eaten in all this time. Wait, so I don't even know what I did. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I put a little olive oil in the pan and then I was like, wait, I really like Sam's has this organic. Um, and I didn't even bring it, but Sam's has this organic coconut oil uh -huh. that comes in like this big clear container with a green lid and it has an amazing flavor. When you uh -huh. cook it, it makes sure every vegetable I've ever made my guests like go crazy. They're like, I've never had green. These are the best green beans I've ever had. Uh -huh. Like everybody freaks out. So anyway, I was like, crap, I wanted to add coconut oil. So uh -huh. I added some coconut oil. And so it was olive oil and coconut oil. And then I, I just let them brown and see, you just leave them in there and you just let them sear for a little while. And then I, I added a little bit of your coriander salt yes. and, um, and the purple, the, yes, it's the like pea flower pea salt. Flower salt. The yeah. pea flower salt. So, uh -huh. and I just did that because I wanted to see what it tasted like because it, yeah. it was a yeah. purple salt. It yeah. looked so cool. <laughs> so I tried that um, and, and I just let it. And then when I felt like they were, you know, sometimes with squash, because they're all different sizes, some will cook faster than others. And so I started taking them out so that they would cool off. And you put them out on like a paper towel. I put them on a paper towel yeah. because squash tends to absorb a lot of oil. And uh -huh. so then it will release it. If you let it sit, uh -huh. it'll just like let that oil go. Uh -huh. So I put it on a paper towel to absorb it and take it, remove it from it. So it wasn't. And I noticed they were really pretty thinly sliced too. Yeah. So, yeah. but she got them like so crispy, you guys, that they like had that like caramelized flavor to them. I am all about charring, searing, yeah, caramelization. like. That, that's where it's at with food. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed um, every bit of it. And I enjoyed sitting down with our big glasses of water <laughs> and cheersing, you know, so. Cheers to really hydration. Cheers, Cheers to, to hydration. hydration. Tell us a little, tell me a little bit about how you got into cooking 
I'm from Austin originally and I, and I loved being in Austin, but when I turned 21, I was like, I want to get the F out of here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to LA. I went with a boy, of course. Uh. And I went to LA with a boy <laughs> and obviously like, you know, it doesn't, it didn't work out because once we got to LA, he wanted to be mellow and a skater and I wanted to be in fashion and in LA, in the heart of LA doing LA stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I went and did my thing and I ended up going to the fashion Institute for design and merchandising. I then ended up working for a high-end shoe designer for five years where Mm -hmm. I literally was the very first employee she ever had after she launched her first shoe collection. Mm -hmm. And five years later when I left, we were, we had our own factory in North Hollywood. Like we were making $500, $600 sandals, boots, things like that. Like really beautiful artisan craft leather goods. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got pulled back to Texas. And when I got here, it became, when I moved to Corpus, it became really apparent that there's like no, not a real high-end creative fashion industry kind of thing. Not what I was doing at least. Right. Right. So I was just a server when I was working at as a server at Takaniwa restaurant and I had a friend of mine who was studying and she was going to the Del Mar Culinary Institute and she had her pastry book open and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, this is school. Like this is your schooling, Uh like, like recipes. And she was like, yeah, this is, this is what it is. And I was like, this is what I meant to do here. So like a week later I went and applied at Del Mar and I picked up their culinary. I went to go get their culinary degree and I started doing that. And then, um, so is that, so were you still in school when I met you when you, cause you came out and helped a big time, huge help in the grow local farm to table dinner one year. Yes. And you were still in school at that point. Yes. Yeah. I was still in school and I had went to apply at, um, Waterburger stadium as a sous chef. Uh-huh. And I went and I got the job and I had been there for six weeks, literally just cleaning the kitchen, getting ready for the season to start. And two weeks into the first season, the first homestand, the chef quit and like just left and deleted everything on his computer. And like, there was, there was nothing. And they were like, we need you to come in and And start from scratch and figure this out because, (laughs) and I was like, you want me to be, I'm literally in school. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Like, but it, but you made it work, but I made it work. (laughs) And I was there for five years and I kicked butt. And so it was awesome. I was really proud of myself because it was probably like a huge chance. I took a big chance on myself and it, and it paid off. And, and it really proved to me that I was good at what I do and Mm -hmm. that I really did have a lot of love for what I do because that was not easy. That kitchen on any given day is a hundred degrees. What did you cook? What, like what kinds of things do you cook? So for, for what I did there is I cooked for the high-end sweets. Uh So, you know, we did really nice fajitas, like prime rib, things like that. And then Mm -hmm. I would cook meals for the players. And then for any of our specialty kitchens down on the um, concession level, I made the specialty food for that. So it was like the street taco meat and shrimp and kind of the higher end stuff. I, we did hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff, but for the most part, the concession levels handled that. Right. But, but I did like, you know, if, if, um, a high end client came in and they wanted, you know, we used to do duck five ways and like we did all kinds of role, like specialty kind of meals and stuff. So, but it, it taught me how to cook in bulk and how to make for like large groups of people. Yeah. And, um, and then, and then it just really solidified that I really just loved cooking because while that job was fun, it was not easy. Right. And, um, it was a lot of time and a lot of effort and, you know, it was grueling schedule. And so, um, I decided after that I want, there was still so much that I wanted to be able to do and I was still so new at it. So after the stadium, I ended up going to, um, 
I left there and decided that I wanted to do more high-end ranch work uh -huh. and kind of be able to travel around to different kitchens and different ranches and uh -huh. experience cooking wild game and yeah. doing a lot of stuff like that. And so I did that and I really loved it and had a great time and got to cook on Kennedy Ranch for the most part. I did a uh -huh. lot of cooking there. And, uh, and then, so you do wild game. I do do wild game. Yeah. What, like, what's been your favorite thing of that kind of stuff? To I do? like cooking meal guy. Okay. And then we what do you do with it? Gosh, we did. So we could do, um, I, we did these beautiful chicken fried steaks. We would do uh -huh. a, a meat, sounds good. <laughs> a, meat, a meatloaf. We would do these beautiful, like grilled quail legs with, uh, like a peach barbecue sauce and aged cheddar grits and just kind of mm. like a lot of really like fun mm. stuff. We cooked rattlesnake at one point. Ah. Like, yeah. Like how do you cook that? How does that work? So the way that we did it this time was we fried it, uh -huh. but it was, it was crazy. It was these two six foot long snakes. And the skin's already pulled off when you got it or, or yeah, they brought, to... they brought it to me like uh -huh. skinned and gutted and it was still moving. Like, oh. I, yeah, I had, I made, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't do, I can't, I can't literally like, physically cannot hold this snake while it's still moving and try to cook it at the same time. So I had to wait until the next day, but like yeah. they would catch stuff or just oh, kill okay. things. And yeah. they're like, Hey, what can you do with it? And so oh. we were constantly like making weird stuff and playing around, but believe it or that not, is so freaking cool. I love that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of That's fun. That's the way I live basically. Like well, I what can say, I, don't yeah. you do this out here all the time? Yeah. <laughs> we made, um, we had to deal with an alligator that was like, being forceful in our pond uh -huh. and um yeah Here? we had all yeah and <laughs> yeah they come up the because we're on we're in a direct connect to the copano oh okay and so they come up when we have big floods and we've had three different ones well this one last one was aggressive and big and so eventually we had to take care of him we so we became allig alligator farmers that day <laughs> and made an alligator curry with it and yeah and then my brother did some other stuff with it and so yeah i mean yeah i mean that's the way it works yeah. you know try if you're gonna have to kill something don't just kill things well i mean uh, I, I can definitely tell you that as a chef i don't mind like cutting cutting into things and mm -hmm. but if i had to kill like i was offered they always offered for me to like hey you want to go out and shoot something no i yeah. can't i can't be the one to kill it and yeah. i i just i still put faces and names to animals and <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. so it like it still tears my heart and I will rescue every animal I possibly can, but I cannot be the one to kill it and then cook it. Like I would be during the zombie apocalypse, I would be the one to go because I can't no, kill things. I can't kill things. You would things. figure it out. You would figure it out. Because I'm gonna get there with the rabbits. Like <laughs> Oh, I'm, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's right. that's I didn't right. I haven't really hunt. I've always let my family hunt. I knew that I would get to a place someday where and I've killed chickens before right? and I've processed chickens before. I think you could do it. Anything you had to do if you had to do it, but I know I mean, that if feeling. I had to do it, yes. then obviously I, uh, my, my instinct to live yes. and my will to live yes. would, would kick yes. in and I would, it would be me or them. Yeah. But, but if uh, by choice, I would not, I would not <laughs> yeah. do it by choice, but yeah. I'm just a big boss and a big softy at heart, but <laughs> to make it. a damn good stew, I would do that. Yeah, so yeah I, I would know. do what I got to do. I'm going to talk to you when I have rabbits for sure. So. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Yeah. You're going to have to call me and let me come we'll learn come how to like it break out. it down because yeah. I, I like, as a chef, I should be strong enough to be able to handle that stuff. So, yeah. 
how did you get in? How, how does one get into that industry of working on farms and wild game? And so stuff? not farms, but ranches. There is, yeah. there is a guy who, uh, who runs a company called Chef Connect and uh-huh. you connect in with him and, mm-hmm. you know, believe it or not, there's a ton of ranches around Texas who like chefs to come out and cook for their guests that yeah. come out. Or, I've heard like that a, before, but yeah. I never really knew how that I, ha- I had no idea about it. And then even my culinary teacher was like, you know, he goes to cook on ranches and he was like, you know, you should look into it. And so I did it and I thought it was going to be like, I was going to get out there and then I was going to be out there like with wood fire grills and like literally like yeah. roughing it like on like <laughs> no. the, like the chuck wagon. Chuck That's wagon. what I thought I was going to be doing. No, I'm in this like beautiful, like expensive kitchen with like a 12 foot island. Yeah. And, I mean like really high end places. And, um, it was amazing. I got to incorporate kind of my high end food with wild game and things yeah. like that. And then I got to learn a lot more, like how to play around with this food and and what all I could do with it. And so, um, I did that for two seasons and then that was just a seasonal gig because just for hunting. And so the off season, I was, people were asking me like, do you cook in the spring or summer? Like, or mm-hmm, work? Mm-hmm. can you come cook at our house and can you come do this? And so that's when I launched last year was Salty Sea Kitchen. Yeah. And I get called in, like I have people who rent me out for a week for springs and summers down at um, Cinnamon Shores and Palmia So Beach you're like Resort. the private chef while they're there? Yeah. So uh-huh. I, so I'm, I get called in to do events and uh-huh. now it's like bigger events. I've, I've catered meals for, you know, sponsors of the A&M, A&M basketball team. I've mm-hmm. done, I do all kinds of, I got called by the cattery to help them do an event at Bay Jewel. And so right. I'm getting all kinds of events, like reaching out to like all different kinds of aspects of doing events. And it's awesome. I love it. I mean, but I, but I really do love what I do. So I put my heart and soul into it. Yeah. I just want to add like Kelly Hughes really does put so much love into all her food and like you will never have anything that doesn't have some type of bold flavor that just wows you. Like she is absolutely stunning and like puts so much heart into everything she does. It's beautiful, really. Thank you. <laughs> Since the moment I met you, like your high energy, I remember that farm to table dinner and you just, you had such high energy and you worked so hard and you were so serious about it. And I enjoyed, I remembered that about you. It was like, it was like really important to me to watch that happen, right? Aww. And so I appreciate that very much. And um, it makes sense as to why you're having such successes with your business. Tell me, what are your favorite, like, things to prepare? What do you like to prepare the most? Um, one of the things that I do is, um, I do like to go to the farmer's market and I mm-hmm. do like to find like local Texas companies and stuff like with oils and mm-hmm. sauces and jams and jellies and turn mm-hmm. them into incorporate them into my food. And one of the things that I found, gosh, I need to remember the name of it. Um, at Clayton's meat market in uh-huh, Portland, uh-huh. he has, he carries a bourbon Worcestershire there that is uh-huh. so good. And it's this, it's this local made Worcestershire that's, that's aged in bourbon barrels in it. I put it, I marinate my steaks in it and I do a lot of like tenderloins, beef uh-huh. tenderloins and stuff like that. But I get people telling me that it's literally like the best steak they've ever had in their life. And I marinate it. And then I make this amazing cowboy butter, which is this, it's got like 10 different ingredients in butter. And it's from thyme to Dijon mustard to, uh-huh. you know, something's a little bit of spiciness. Like, and I make these amazing steaks and people uh-huh. are like, people are like, this is better than Ruth Chris's. This is better than like some of these like high end steakhouses. And they're like, 
literally the best steak I've ever had. I love doing that because I'm impressed like that. I'm just like, wow, really? Literally like that's the best steak you've ever had. And people just go crazy for it. And it's awesome. I love that. Okay. So give us the tip and trick on how to make the best steak. Like tell us exactly how you make your steak. Honestly, I marinate my steaks overnight. Yeah. Um, I, I get that bourbon Worcestershire and sometimes I'll even, if I want to get a little crazy, I'll even add just a tiny bit of maker's mark mm -hmm. and I season it up and I, and I love the seasoning chupacabra. I get the no MSG chupacabra. And what is that? Where do I get that from? So it's a barbecue seasoning. That, okay. that it's just a regular dry seasoning that you okay. get at, um, you can get it at HEB or uh -huh. like meat markets and uh -huh. stuff, but they, um, they're plain black container is mm -hmm. um it's almost like a, a really great seasoned salt and i put it i put it on tartar i've made it in tartar sauce i put it in like crab cakes i put it on fish i put it on meat chicken like it's so such no an, msg chupacabra yeah get it at h-e-b yeah just their, okay. their basic chupacabra um it's such a good like seasonal and it, nice. it but it adds such a punch but i'll put that with the bourbon worcestershire maker's mark and chupacabra on my steak and mm -hmm. i'll marinate them and i'll put them all together in just in this big bag of just stuff and i just let it sit in the fridge overnight and it like makes them tender and juicy and then i sear them on the, i sear them on a stove on a really uh -huh. hot stove and then i finish them in the oven and uh -huh. they come out amazing Okay. So tell me your length. Yeah. I know you said you don't do lengths of time, but like if you're making a medium rare steak, like how do you, how do you do that? A medium rare, I would get to 125 and uh -huh. then I would take it out and tent foil it above it and just let it sit for another 10 minutes. And that'll bring it up just a little bit more. Uh huh. And then, uh, I made a medium rare steak the other night. It was the first time I'd ever made a steak. I've already told this story, but I was so <laughs> proud of myself because I, because I cooked a steak for a man rather than a man cooking a steak for me. Uh -huh. And that, that felt really good to me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Oh, man. it's it, well, it feels good when you cook something for the first time and it like yes. pulls off. Like, and it's good. There's been times that I've had like a customer that's like, hey, can you make this for me? And it's like I didn't get like there are times I practice my food. Like yeah. I, I want to make sure when I cook this for you, like I know it's going to be good. And so I don't usually try to wing it. But there's been a couple times I've had to wing stuff. Yeah. And I'm like at the end of them, I'm like, Woo! Like that was amazing. <laughs> like, I can't believe how good that came out. And so it actually worked out really good. But, um, but yeah, so I'm, I practice, like, I, I, I like really care about my craft. I want it to be good. And I want people to be like, damn, this food is amazing. Like I need to hang out with you more because I need a friend that practices cooking. <laughs> yeah. So I know that when I, um, first learned about, um, yeah, macaroons. Macaroons. <laughs> yes. I, so I went to San, we'll get there. I went to San Antonio once and I had this like rosemary lavender macaroon. And Ooh, I was like, yes. I was like, holy crap, this yeah. is like the coolest, <laughs> but it's like a thousand calorie cookie. But it was like, it was like the most amazing. It was so delicious. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. And I'm reading about them and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the most, they say it's really easy, but it's like the easiest to screw up, uh -huh. but it like depends on what the weather's like outside, like whether they lift and they raise and you know, like this whole thing, I swear I got my family so sick of macaroons uh -huh. because I was making macaroons for like weeks straight every day, trying to figure out how to get these like little perfect feet on them so that they rose properly. And uh -huh. like, I practiced like chicken pot pie when I was trying to get this, I had this vision of what I, I love wanted it. chicken pot pie, man. I had this vision mm. of what I wanted and I had to get to that vision and if like every night it was chicken pot pie like <laughs> so you suggested to me that i need to make a a, a recipe book a cookbook. Make a cookbook what about you like have you considered making a cookbook i haven't i thought i mean i thought about it every now and then but 
you know what I do right now when I find recipes that I really like? I My daughter gave me a little recipe wooden box mm-hmm. for recipe cards, and I put it in there to leave to her. That I'm, I want her to have my recipes. That's nice. So that's all I've done with it so far. So yeah, how do you come up, like how do you decide to go after a new recipe? Or you just try different things and you just keep playing with it until you get get what you want it to be? Yeah, well, so I love recipes. I love, like I get all the cook magazines, I get them all mm-hmm. and I pull them out and I'll tweak them to the way I like, yeah. oh, maybe I want to put this with it instead. Or maybe I would like yeah. to, or like I, you know, me, I love my vegetables and coconut oil. So I go that route, yeah. which adds yeah, a little bit of too. a different flavor to it. So I do all of that, but I want to like, I like to create things, but I like a base. I like to start yeah, somewhere yeah. because there's a lot of genre of food that I'm not familiar with. And so like, yeah. I, you know, I love Thai food, but I don't know myself how to like start creating something that is strictly Thai. So I'll pull a recipe yes. and then, and then change it to what I know people like, what I like, you know, just things like that. And I kind of build from there. That's, that's really how we do it around here too. That's how we've been doing it and, and just coming up with, but the thing that, that, that is really interesting about having a farm where you have vegetables coming off your farm is that you just have to take whatever you've got, you know? Right. And then even when you buy farm fresh meat, like say I go to the farmer's market on Saturday and they don't have any steak. They only have, you know, lamb this week, you know? So it's like, well, I've got lamb and I've got squash. What am I going to do with that? You know? Right. And so I think that you like being able to do both is the key. I think is being able to have the creative side to it, but then also being able to know how to start with the base and learn from the base. Last week, Cassie and I were talking about that. And I was talking about how I'd made that curry beef stew. And then I had like followed all the directions and that was, you know, one of the things that we did was like, we follow all the directions, but then it's like, you're going to go off and add your own things to it and then make it 12 times before you finally go, okay, this is what we really like to do with it. And these are the things we like to have in it instead of, you know, and so I think, I think that that's the advantage of the, the culinary school part of it is that you've, you've learned certain skills. Like, like I, I told you, one of the things I'm most concerned about is that like, when I made my squash for a big group of people, it turned out much more mushy. I mean, the flavor was good, but it wasn't like what yours was, you know? And so it's like, I don't have the skill yet with meat. I don't have the skill yet with, you know, getting the vegetables cut up the right way. I can tell you culinary school is the fundamentals. It teaches you the basics. It teaches you how to sear, how to do this, you know, how to turn the oven on, how to use a grill, how to, it teaches you the fundamentals, how to char something like things like that. It does not teach you, like you will learn recipes and you'll, you'll get to work on recipes there because they're like, oh, we're going to cook Armenian food today, find an Armenian recipe and bring it in and cook it. And then we're all going to stand around and, Uh and and grade it and critique it. Um, but they give you the fundamentals of that stuff. So you, you learn the rest of it is the rest of it is tried and true. Like you practice and you learn and that's how you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's it for me now. I've got to get my 10,000 hours in, in the kitchen. <laughs> you, yeah. Now you need to like every week pick out a recipe and say, this is what I'm going to make. Like we do, like we cook dinner almost every night. Yeah. And, well, I'm cooking dinner every like, night. Like yeah. H-E-B, the people at HEB are like, Hey Kelly, how's it going? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're here. Like we're literally, because I, I'm, I'm not, I plan meals, but I don't plan in advance. Yeah. Like, so we literally go to the store. We have 30 minutes every day that we go to the store and we buy 
what we're going to make for dinner that night because sometimes it'll change and you know whatever so but we uh but we, we go to the store every day and we're always looking to see what else is out there and what else like let's try this and let's try this or i read about this and you know this could be really cool and we always try to make something different at least once or twice a week for that experience and you know, oh, hey, I found this sauce. Like I found this really cool jam. I want to try to make a sauce with it to go with chicken and, you know, to incorporate it into our menus for, for work. And so I'm actually like really excited and think it's totally radical that we're going to get like ingredients and be able to incorporate what comes from your farm. Yeah. I just am so excited to see like what she comes up with and what we can create. And I just I feel like a lot, a whole new world is kind of like opening up. Yeah. And so thank you for that. That's yeah. Really cool. At dinner, um, figs. You got fi you're gonna have figs. Yes, <laughs> figs. Pink celery. Yes, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely some ways that we can work together. And then I know you guys are willing to come out here. And I'm really appreciating um, getting to know female entrepreneurs. And I appreciate us getting to know each other better. Um, I loved it. I, I, I will uh, honestly echo, I will never forget the first day I met you because I just like, <laughs> you just showed up with this vibe and then we started talking and then it was like, what's your sign? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, Sagittarius, you know, like it was just, and so I've just really enjoyed um, getting to know you guys and having this opportunity. Thanks for coming and thank you for having being us. here yes, for thank us. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I want you to tell everybody, um, really about your business. Like how could somebody hire you? How do they get in touch with you? Um, tell us that part so that we can really know where to find the Salty Sea Kitchen. Okay. It's called Salty Sea Kitchen. Um, you can get on Facebook and find me there under Salty Sea Kitchen or my phone number is 361-777-6570. Or you can email me at my name, which is Kelly, K-E-L-I, H-U-G-H-E-S Hughes, one five at gmail.com. Um, or I, I'm pretty or sure reach that's out to course, me and I'll find or her. find Aislinn. Yes, yes. And she'll, she'll get it to you. Uh, she'll get it to me, but, um, yeah, reach out. We do all kinds of events. We do birthdays, dinners, just, you know, people having guests over and want to do a dinner. I've done, I mean, we do kind of any event that you require food for. So, uh, bachelorette parties, you know, any, any, anything really that requires food. You know open. what I think we should do? I've been trying, I've been like formulating this idea in my head, but not a, knowing exactly how to do it. A big fun dinner party. We should do a pop-up dinner restaurant. We should do a pop-up restaurant for like three days in a row That'd here cool. at the farm, That'd like, be a, cool. like a true pop-up restaurant. Cause I've been trying to think about like, how do I do this farm to table thing? How do I make it right? How do I get it where we, people make reservations where yeah. we hire a ser uh, servers and do like a three day weekend pop-up restaurant and That'd have cool. people all booked out. And yeah, I think that that would be something cause I've been trying to do farm to table dinners out here and I've done them in, in the past, but it, this big, huge night and this big thing. And it just, it doesn't really flip well, but this idea of like a little restaurant has been in my mind, but I just hadn't really thought about how. And I think that like three days pop up and it's in and out and people are already reserved and you know, that kind of thing would be interesting. That is interesting. That's a, I mean, definitely something to talk about. And we could um, look at what's really good and seasonal, like pick at the right time of year when it's really good and seasonal from the farm stuff that right. we're going to be getting really like this time of year, really get some good stuff. Yeah. So we should. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love it. Let's talk about that. Okay. So more things about my business. Don't forget, I'm still doing my coaching and consultations. Um, right now, my coaching 
for uh, food as medicine is really about helping you to meal plan with these special dietary needs. Um, it's you're you're interested in going on this. How are you going to actually make your food be delicious and not feel like you're deprived from something? I'm doing those for um, $77 for two hours. Of course, I'm also doing garden coaching and the consultations for homesteading as well. I'm having a special on that stuff through the end of May. So reach out to me for that as well. And also, I don't want you to forget that the farm is a venue. And so if you're getting ready to plan your small events for the holiday season, or holiday season seems like it's a long way away, but it's time to start planning that stuff. And where am I going to have those things at? Certainly any fall events that are coming up. So as you're beginning to prepare for the fall and the holidays as they come in and putting a place on your calendar of places you want to have things, consider having it at the farm and talk to me about how we can work that out. So that's something. And then I would love to do, somebody reached out to me the other day about doing um, 4-H food nutrition cooking classes. And so I'd love to do some more kids cooking classes types of things out there. So I really, and I know I've mentioned this to you before, but I've got some ideas of some things, but I, I want to partner with some more you know, chefs and cooks and stuff like that to do some more projects out here. I remember when I did that for, was it Girl Local or mm -hmm. that you, that they grew the food and yes. then for that month. And then at the end of the month that we brought the kids in with the food and yep. we, and we, showed them how to make a meal for their parents. And then everybody, we all sat around at the end and ate that. I know I yes. did that a few times. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. We should do something like that. Cause that was really fun. Yeah, you're right. I I've completely forgot about that project and you're right where we, um, to get to have them prepare and serve food to their parents. Was it was a the big food deal. that they grew though. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I know that grow local is still doing quite a bit of growing with kids and foods. Um, uh, their gardens are looking really good right now. And Tevin, that's actually how I met you originally, uh -huh. I think, we'll right? Tevin. Tevin. Yeah. Tevin still has the learning garden over there, Keepers nice. of the Garden. And he's doing, a, um, he, he makes pizzas out there. Nice. He's amazing. That yeah, kid he, is amazing. He's so smart. That kid, he's not a kid anymore. I was like. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know Tevin? I don't, but I just thought, like, I saw her face. You've got to meet, you've got Tevin, to meet Tevin. Tevin's cool. You. Tevin's you, cool. Yeah. Echo and Tevin would, that would be a good match. Y'all need to meet oh, each other. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know what if I mean that kind of match, but I mean, I just think y'all would be, what, maybe that kind of match. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not matchmaking anybody over here. I'm just simply saying I can see the Echo and the Tevin together. That would be, that would be fun. So, yeah. So, okay. So last things, but not least. We're doing our random question here and I pulled this one out and, um, where do these questions come from? Just they, they're out of this oh. little box here. It's called table topics. <laughs> oh, and okay. the idea anyway, is, is that it. you're getting kids or people at the table to talk. Right. So, um, I pulled this one out. I want it to be random, but I don't need to be that random. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to pull out something that no, nobody's going to answer. Right. But I thought this was really interesting. And so, um, let's see how we can pull this off. If we could do something with this. How many people in this room could you beat at arm wrestling? How many people in this room could you beat at arm wrestling, Kelly? Me? Probably nobody. I got a, nobody? Bad, I got a bad arm. I don't know. I'm not really? Yeah, I got a bad shoulder. I was I was telling her about it on the drive up here that I was in a really like crazy car accident oh. a long time ago. And so my shoulder, my So right you're not arm... gonna let me arm wrestle you? Because I was about to get to arm wrestling over here. I think Echo has got a better yeah. shot at this one. Echo I'll could... suffer too much. <laughs> well, based off her answer, I guess I could beat one person <laughs> at arm wrestling. <laughs> no, you could beat See? Oh yeah, you could beat me. There you go. I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm thinking like two chefs, <laughs> strong young women over here. I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, but I am a female farmer. 
I was so, like, I'm pretty sure you're pretty nailed on this one. Like you're probably, you know, okay. Stacked. So like, <laughs> here's what I think should happen. I think Echo and I should arm wrestle. We could thumb wrestle. And I, I guarantee <laughs> my thumb still works. <laughs> okay. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to go over to the table over there. We're going to, uh, okay. Echo and I are going to arm wrestle. Okay. And, and you're going to call the play by play for okay, everybody. I'll narrate. Okay. All okay. Right. I got this guys. Okay. They're getting ready, lining them up. Okay, I'll count to three. I'll count you down. Okay, they're ready to wrestle. One, two, three, go. Dang, they both got some guns on them. Oh, man. <laughs> I made Echo laugh. I didn't know I'm she was going to laugh. The, the female farmer pulled it, man. She just like whooped her ass because <laughs> I made Echo laugh. I didn't mean to make that happen. I didn't know she was going to be so easy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so much fun. You guys, I had such a great time. No, you're not that easy. I, can I don't know tell. your guns. You guys guns both pretty even though. I was, there was, I thought there was going to be at least a challenge Next there. We put some cushions on our elbows. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I think she gave in to me. I think she gave in because she wanted to be nice. She was in my own home and she's a polite lady. So she was like, I'm going to let her no, win. I saw your muscles. Like, there, <laughs> your, your muscles. <laughs> well, I'm pretty competitive. I have to admit. <laughs> so it's like, thank you guys so much for coming out. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you for having us. This You're is awesome. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for cooking me dinner and of just course, spending a lovely yes, evening Kelly, with thank me. You. You're welcome. Yes. Delicious I love to food. cook you guys. I'll cook for you always. Oh, that's so good. So. All right, you guys, thanks so much for coming to the dinner table with us. Of course, always, if you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe, follow, like, rate, review. And if you want to help out, help me out, help me with the podcast, help me keep my life going, throw a little bit of money at the podcast, support the podcast. You'll find that at the end of the podcast notes. And of course, we're going to put some recipes up there and all the great information. And as always, share this podcast with your friends. Tell your friends that you know a cool chick than some cool friends that are putting on a podcast and talking about things at the dinner table. I and love you guys. Local. Yes. I love you guys. I'll see you all very soon. Thanks for joining us at the dinner table. Take care guys. Bye-bye.